Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the Gospel, which comes to us from Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. When you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing so that your alms may be done in secret and your Father who is seized in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. It is an odd ritual, isn't it, that we come and do today to gather in the middle of the afternoon on a Wednesday in the middle of the week at the end. It could be the beginning of February to the end of February, depending on when Easter falls, and we get marked with this cross of ash on our forehead the first year that I burned the palms from last year's Palm Sunday for this year's ashes. Where I was at the last place uh, in Wisconsin for about 10 years, we had these little ash cakes. And we had four of them, and they sit in those, like a glass votive, votive candle holder, right? It just fit perfectly in. And I, it was like the never-ending basket of fries at Red Robin, maybe, or you know, maybe the feeding of the fish, it never seemed to wear out. For 10 years, we had those dishes, and we just used them each year, and it was just fine. And last year, at Julie, in the sacristy back there, we have this little jar of plastic, almost like a miniature medicine bottle is what it looks like, right? That these ashes are in, I don't know where they come from. I'm sure we ordered them somewhere from, from some religious supply company, and you mix them with a little bit of oil, and that's what we used for ashes, and 
And last year, Julianne had a conversation. I said, you know, let me, I know people do this. Keep my job a little bit inter- more interesting for me at times. You want to do things maybe a little differently, not always the same. So save those palms, and I'll burn them the next year. So Julie did that. These two cardboard boxes, uh, I don't know where you stored them, but all of a sudden they showed up in my office about it two weeks ago. And there they were, all brittle and browning, and you touched them, they crackled, and they, they broke apart, right? You know the leaves and falls, how they do that. So I gathered them up, I found an old pot in the kitchen that looks like it should have been thrown away ten years ago. And I go outside and I just get a little bit of paper and I put it in the bottom of the pot and I take these uh, branches and I break them up and I put them and I kind of went into it just as like, oh, this will be interesting. But it was almost like a, another thing to, on my to-do list. You know, Vicky asked me in the morning, what are you going to do today? I'm burning palms, right? And along with visiting and whatever else it might be. And then in the middle of it, I really started thinking, why do we do this? What is the significance of using palms from the prior year, for ashes for this year. I don't know if I'm right on what I'm about to say, but it's what made sense to me. It's what came to me in that moment because then it took on a whole new meaning because I got caught up. You know, I love the smell of a fire, don't you? I like the crackle. Uh, the smoke keeps the bugs away, although at the end of February I didn't have to worry about bugs last, yesterday afternoon. But the significance came to me a little bit. What did we use the Palms for last year? The use for Palm Sunday. What's the significance of Palm Sunday? Triumphant entry of Christ into Jerusalem. Right? The people have expectations of who Jesus is going to be. The Palms are a sign of the expectation. It, it denotes Him as a powerful ruler, and what they are hoping he is going to come in and do is sit on the throne, replace Herod, replace Pilate, replace Caesar, and the oppression that these people are under will come to an end, and Jesus will take his place on his rightful throne and be the head of military, political, all those kinds of power that people were putting their hope into. The palm branches, in a way, symbolize that. Putting our hope in what ultimately can't fulfill that hope, can it? Because the significance of burning those branches, it signified power. And just a short time later, those branches are turned to ash, aren't they? They no more exist. What was once lively and green and signified greatness now literally can be into the wind and it's gone, right? I love summer campfires. You have this big stack pile of wood and there's sometimes, right, it's Friday, whatever it might be, nighttime, ready to go to bed, and you come back the next morning, and that once great pile of wood is what? Yeah. And during the evening, a wind might come by in the morning, and just, and it's gone. It's temporary, isn't it? These things.
things that we so traditionally put our hope and trust in. Military, power, might, wealth. They're temporary, aren't they? What great dynasty of the past that you learned about in fifth grade social studies, right? We needed ancient civilizations. It's still around today. They're not, are they? They all come to an end. They do not last. And it's gone. Anybody been to temple ruins? Whether it's Mayan, whether it's Rome, whether it's China, whether it's who knows what it's going to be. It's temporary. We are temporary as well, aren't we? These last couple weeks, I'll be honest, have been very heavy for me. Maybe they've been heavy for you, but these are the instances of death that I've interacted with. And I don't just mean the death of civilizations or death of of structures, but physical life death. A week and a half ago, there was that murder in Exeter, right? A woman went back into her office on a Sunday afternoon in Timberland because she was going on a business trip the next day. Vicki knows the family very well. So we went to that visitation. That's heavy. On Saturday, we're hosting a funeral for a 35-year-old married four and a five-year-old kid who died from massive heart failure because he had a weakened heart from chemotherapy as a teenager when he had leukemia. 35. I'm going to point back where you're sitting, Maharani, because those are the seats of some beloved members of our congregation, the Klein. Monday morning, Len Klein came to the end of his earthly life and closed his eyes for the last time. 97 years. One of the regular Wednesday morning Bible studies. People could not make it today because the church where her husband is a pastor at had a hus- had a, has a funeral for a victim of a shooting. And then I have friends back in Wisconsin fighting for the young child's life who's born with a congenital uh, defect where there's a hole in the diaphragm. And so the organs, uh, as they develop, they prevent development of lungs. This is their third child. Their first one died after only several hours of the same disease. Their second one was born healthy. Their third one They thought such low chances of this happening again, and yet it happened. So now that the hospital in Florida, this baby is now three weeks old, getting the best care fighting for its life. We used to say there's two things you have to do in life. Die and pay taxes, right? There's really only one thing we have to do. We don't have a choice. We die. We are not permanent creatures in the world as we know it. 
this season of Lent is to come and acknowledge that and to say as much as we fight against it, we generally put our hope in the wrong things, don't we? We put our hope in physical strength, whether it's individually, whether it's in the country, whether it's who knows what it might be. We put our hope in things, in people that are not permanent, that are the created, not the creator. It is why we mark ourselves with the cross of ash on our foreheads, remind ourselves of where we put our hope and how we misplace it. Lent is a time for that self-reflection and examination to see where have we misplaced our hope. Where have we put our hope in the created, which ultimately cannot give life, right? And not put our hope in the creator, the one and only that does give life. So this is how we're going to do it over the time of Lent here at Holy Trinity. Today we start with Ash Wednesday. Sunday, our bishop from the New England Synod, Bishop Hazelwood, Jim Hazelwood, is coming to join us for worship. And he's going to preach. And during the season of Lent, we're going to use Bishop Hazelwood's book, Everyday Spirituality. Last year, we looked at more formal spiritual practices that you can use for self-reflection examination. Right? We looked at... Um, we actually made a lot of things. Uh, blanking on what they are, I have one in my car. Prayer beads we used. Um, we talked about meditation. You know, we went through some formal ancient practices. Bishop Hazelwood's book, Everyday Spirituality, is looking at your everyday practices that you do in life. How many people do laundry? How many people cook? Go for a walk? Take a shower? How often? Maybe take a shower more often. I don't know. So often we approach these things as our to-do list. We approach them as the way I approached burning the palms yesterday, getting ready. What are you going to do? All right, I have to walk the dog, go grocery shopping, right? I just have to do these things. How do we look at the spiritual aspect of them? Not just something that we have to get done, but something that has meaning and purpose. How do we look at how what we do on a regular basis can point us to the Creator and away from just things that are created? For that is what we're here for, to begin down that journey that ends on Easter Sunday sun comes up. So if it sounds like it's kind of a dark time coming, well, in a way it is. Self-reflection is. How many people like looking at themselves and finding their mistakes? That's why we don't do it very often. But maybe it's not a bad thing to do. Maybe it doesn't have to be something heavy. Maybe it can be something that is clarified. So over this time of Lent, may you be clarified in who you are, who you were created to be, and who gives you life.
That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.